ABC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. The prosecutor in the murder trial of Ahmad Arbery says she wants everyone to know this was a gigantic team effort. DA Flynn Brody put his faith and trust in our team, and I could not have done it without my trial partners. They were all very, very instrumental. Linda Dunikowski walked out of a Georgia courthouse to a crowd going wild with cheers. Dunikowski says she believes the jury system works in America, and when the truth is presented, they will do the right thing. This after the three defendants in Arbery's trial were found guilty on most charges. President Biden says the guilty verdicts show the justice system is doing its job. However, he says that isn't enough, adding much work is left to do in the fight for racial justice in the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland is telling federal prosecutors to focus on federal crimes that happen on commercial airliners. This comes after a spree of violent outbursts on planes around the country. Garland said the Justice Department is worried about the sudden rise in criminal behavior on planes that puts passengers, flight crews, and attendants in danger. The FAA says it's gotten over 5,300 reports of unruly passengers this year so far. The head of the World Health Organization wants folks to return to basic COVID Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aid telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available, and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Renee Walker of Vila Homes reminds drivers that with the holiday season upon us, our children are counting on your safe driving habits. When you get on the road, remember the three C's of safety, caution, courtesy, and common sense. Safe and sober driving is everyone's responsibility. This reminder from Renee Walker of Vila Homes, representing buyers and sellers all over the Inland Empire. Whether you're selling, buying, renting, or leasing, look to the experts with over 10 years of experience. Call 951-653-6872. That's 951-653-6872. Or visit Renee WalkerHomes.com. That's ReneeWalkerHomes.com. That's Renee Walker of Vila Homes on the air because they care. The caring staff at Mac Flavor Ingredients reminds everyone to please take the opportunity to give blood. By doing so, you may save the life of a friend, child, elderly person, surgery patient, or an accident victim. So give blood. It's safe, simple, and saves lives. This important reminder is a courtesy of Mac Flavor Ingredients in Riverside, where they care about the safety and welfare of our community. Be a silent hero, and if you can, give the gift of life. Give blood. Our sponsor, Applied Earthworks, serves the Inland Valley in Southern California for over 24 years. Specializing in cultural resource management, an expert in archaeology, paleontology, architectural history, and historic preservation, making it possible to build for the future without sacrificing our cultural heritage. Learn more and see employment opportunities at AppliedEarthworks.com. Progress and preservation. Applied Earthworks supports our veterans. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Created and hosted by Scott Knudsen to explore the cross world of horses and the business world. 
On today's show, Scott visits with Jerry Diaz, founder and owner of Jerry Diaz Productions. Jerry is recognized around the world for his skilled horsemanship and dedication to the Charo traditions. His crowd-pleasing productions include the Mexican Rodeo Extravaganza and the Evening of Dancing Horses. Jerry is a lifetime member of the National Western Stock Show and in 2004 was inducted into the Texas Trail of Fame. Now, here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hi, and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. Today, we have a very special guest. He is a multi-time national champion, Charo of Mexico. He has performed in many world leaders. He is a Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame member. He is a Texas Trail of Fame member, which is for the Western Heritage Society. And he's a fourth generation Charo. Today, I have my friend, Jerry Diaz, on the show. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. It's my pleasure. I, I have to see the smile on my face. That Mine too. I always very warm and my heart because uh, I enjoy talking about our life and our horses and our family very much. Oh, man. Well, you got a lot to talk about, man. We're both very blessed and I love your story and I love what you're doing. And, and uh, we met a few years ago, but it seems like we've kind of known each other for a long time. Yes, sir. It was very interesting how you and I met uh, we went to the national convention in in uh, st louis missouri for the purina convention and we do this clearly to promote our product but on the way back we just so happened to be sitting next to each other and, and we introduced each other two cowboy hats hitting button heads there on the plane and <laughs> i won't forget that you you were so helpful to me when it came down to registering some american quarter horses that Good friend of mine had passed away, and um, we were having trouble getting to the headquarters. The, I guess the internet and everything was down, and right. it was difficult. But thanks to you, we were able to get it done. Appreciate it very much, oh. Scott. Oh no, 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 no worries, man. I'm I'm just so glad we started talking on the on at the airport, and and uh, you know in another state, we come we we're an hour and a half away. So uh, it's funny how it works out that way. So we're so glad you're on the show. So today, let's talk a little bit. So it's going to be educational. It's going to be inspiring. It's going to be a lot of stories, a lot of fun. So whether you're on KCA, listening to us on the radio or watching the podcast on one of the platforms, um, you're, you're going to have a great time today. You're going to learn a lot and just uh, enjoy it for sure. So let's talk about being a Choro. So what is the term Choro? Because you're a fourth generation Choro. Yes, that's correct. Uh, my father is from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, born and raised in Guadalajara. Uh, my, my grandfather, horseman, Charo from Jalisco as well, and my great-grandfather. Um, the, the, Charo, the, the Charos are, the good ones were traditionally made in, in the hills, in the mountains, uh, uh, roping with long maguey, Mexican maguey ropes, and and learning about the uh, the cattle and think about it, Scott and friends that are listening and watching, um, to go up in the mountains and work cattle, cattle that possibly have never seen human human person, and to work these cattle and horses. Uh, uh, sometimes it just kind of goes over my mind, you know, that was just an everyday way of life. Uh, today, the chavo and has been many years and generations. It's a very uh, expensive sport. It is the number one sport in Mexico. 
um, the the charreria, which means the rodeo in itself, uh, very, very, very costly because there is no money involved uh, as a horseman, as a competitor. It's the prestige, it's the honor, uh, the roping, the horsemanship, the art of having a very well-schooled horse, uh, just an art. It's like a, a great painter, a great uh, uh, bullfighter. Uh, the heritage, the richness, and it all starts from uh, training your horse uh, with the bosal uh, horse hair, horse mane, horse tail, and taking the horse through the steps. Uh, when I grew up, my father taught me to train the horses with the traditional bosal, the bozo, sure. and braided himself. Uh, and then taking the horse and going to the double, double rein, the bridle and the bosal, to finish the horse. How long did it take a horseman like my father, my grandfather? It took them years. Uh, they would not start horses at two. They would start horses at four or five years old horses that they caught in the mountains and they would start breaking. Oh uh, they also wanted the horse to, it was very necessary to jump four or five feet uh, instead of going around and trying to find the, the gate. They would take the sarape from the saddle, put it over the fence and crack the whip, call the horses and jump these fences, you know, and it was very important for the horse to respond very easy in the hand uh, for a bull turning around and coming at you, or a cow, or a stud horse charging at you, and everything. The horse has to have a lot of control over your legs and hands. And also during the revolution, same thing fire and canyons, and uh, it was, it's very important. The, the horsemanship is something very to respect to this day. But to go back how it started. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of history there. There's a big foundation for sure, and it is art. And we're going to have some of your pictures throughout the show, and we're going to have your video up there. It's just beautiful to watch, and the yes. elements of where it came from is just—it was a necessary deal, but it's still beautiful, and, and that's uh, that's what's so engaging about it. Absolutely, and I was we were talking about uh, what what the charro is. The charro is a horseman. Uh, he is a gentleman, he is a competitor, he's an athlete, uh, he, family comes first, a uh, person of a lot of faith, uh, a person that has a lot of uh, pride, a person that is respectful. Um, I was almost like a military base. Uh, when my father in his older age, he still to in his 90s, 93, 94, 95, he passed away at the age of 96. He would always wear his, his bolero, his, his bolo, his tie, his, his fancy belt and his boots. Um, a lot of pride, a lot of military. And, uh, that was embedded in my, in my soul, uh, very responsible. Uh, his horses came first, he said. All the time, his horses, mis caballos, mis caballos, mis caballos. Yeah. Very, um, yeah, old school, but um, he was about the horse. 
they used to bring horses to my father to train that were tough, rough, rank horses. And I'll take them to Pepe. You know, Pepe will, will fix them. Pepe will take care of them. And uh, I have to say that I learned a lot from my father. I wish he was still here, just like your father. Absolutely. Uh, but it was beautiful being raised. But I loved it, Scott. I, yeah. I would get four o'clock in the morning with my dad, and he didn't have to ask me. I would get up. I remember him building me a little fire there so I could sit around the fire in cold days. We didn't have these fancy barns and <laughs> covered round pins, and uh, there was no such a thing. I mean, we was a poor family, uh, hardworking family, uh, just dedicated to his passion, to his love. And that's what he lived and breathed for was training his horses in his honor and his name. And he used to, the easiest thing training the horse was to take the horse and start training them. He said, the hard part is to finish the horse and keep Absolutely. working them. <laughs> Absolutely. That's when the word begins as soon as you accept the horse. Scott will be right back with more from Jerry Diaz. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Today, we're going to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. Those that don't, now you know I do. And we've been working on this for several months, and we, we wanted to get it just right. And we don't put our name on anything unless we feel 100% certain it's, it's the best product we can get. And uh, we, we've done it. I really believe we've done it. We've created a coffee line, 13 great flavors. I'm going to show you three of them. We have K-Cups in all 13 flavors. Here's a Jamaican Me Crazy. It's a, just a really great coffee. Everyone has great logos. It has a brand, the same brand that's on our horses, our trailers. You know that brand means something and we wouldn't put it on here if it wasn't good coffee. We have whole bean. This is a great Honduran blend and uh, it's a whole bean coffee. We have whole bean in all 13 flavors. And then we have a ground coffee. Uh, this is a really great one. My wife and I really like this a lot, loved it. So we named it after our daughter, Hades Glenn. Everyone has the packaging and the logo of the show, our brand, and I hope you like it. I, I really believe you will. And we're gonna have more flavors coming out soon. We're gonna have the pumpkin spices and then we're gonna go to peppermint after that. And please send us your suggestions as well. You can find it at cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Think coffee shop, cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Thank you so much. So, so Toro's an expert horseman and a family man. And, and so a vaquero is more of, of the cowboy sense, correct? That is absolutely correct, Scott. The, the vaquero is um, uh, also in Spanish, they use the word uh, caporal. Caporal meaning like the... Uh, ringmaster of uh, the leader of the cowboys, like there's only one leader, like a manager, and in Spanish is el caporal. You would go to the caporal first before you did anything on the ranch, and you had to work your way up. Uh, a beautiful thing, uh, and being a, a caporal was an honor. And to this day, when I talk to some of my friends that are in their 80s and 90s, the, one of the first words that comes out of them, El Caporal so-and-so, Caporal Scott, Caporal Jerry. And that was like something to be really, really uh, like honored to yeah. be a couple. Cherished. Um, absolutely. Um, my father, Don Pepe, 
uh, I can't speak enough of him because as a young boy of a family of 13 brothers and sisters, uh, as he got older, when he was 17 years old, Scott, think about it, he was requested to go and work for the family of the president of Mexico, Lázaro Cárdenas, in Mexico City. And when he arrived there, uh, they said, what is this kid going to show us? You know, they had these older guys there. And, and my dad said, well, just you know, try me. Try me for a couple months and see what, see, see what you think. Long story short, he trained for the family of the president of Mexico, Lázaro Pancho Cárdenas, for five years. Uh, what an honor to train horses for the president of Mexico. Absolutely. And he Absolutely. was such a young, such a young man, but he was uh, he was raised in the mountains of Jalisco, and they had to take these horses, and the horse had to be very responsive, very responsive. Uh, it was either life or death, really, up in the mountains when you went by yourself, and you had to work wild cow and bulls and broncs. It, it was not easy. Wow. Wow. And then when you're putting the president of Mexico on a horse, you can, you know, that's a, that's another dangerous situation. You got to make sure everything is just perfect for him. You know, the, he, tell, he told me a story, Scott, and uh, you'll appreciate this. Uh, he had a stallion that was given to him by the leaders of Arabia. His name was Murat. Murat is like a, a statue, you know, Murat. And he, uh, he was pure Arabian. <clears throat> and my father in his life had never seen a, a, a true Arabian. as very high-necked horse, beautiful, my father spoke very highly of his horse, Murat. And he was one of the stallions that my father but uh, they had several mares. So as my dad was training the mares and the stallion one day, uh, Lazaro Cardenas, told my father, I'd like to take the horses downtown. And my dad says, no problem. Uh, you ride the stud or the mare, either one. And he said, no, how can you ride the stud and the mare? That's not going to happen. You know, we can't take the mare and the stud together. And my father said, well, why do you have me here working the horses? He said, the horses are not going to work for you. But he told me that story and they were they were escorted by, you know, security and guards and bodyguards and everything. And they went downtown with the stallion and the mare side by side. And that story, I, I, my dad would share that with some of his friends, you know, that the president says it can't happen. It, it can happen. It can but happen. the horse has to have a lot of school. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, that's such a cool we, story. We call that, Scott, rienda. Rienda meaning the horse has to have a really good handle or rein. It's called Rienda, Rienda Charra. Rienda, <laughs> that's so awesome. I, I love it. I, I love it. I love it so much. So, so a female Charro is a Charra. A Charra, and the correct word uh, for the Charra uh, would be Amazona. Amazona, okay. meaning that um, they they are regulated through the Federation of Charros, the Scaramusa, which means scramble. Scaramusa means scramble. And they ride side saddle. They're not allowed to ride straddle. And, and there's huge competitions. Um, and it's really amazing to watch these girls ride side saddle and take their horses through the different maneuvers. Again, the rienda is very important. 
these girls are just fantastic. They come at each other like a really fast speed and wheel these horses around the 360 on that back leg, bring them into a sliding stop, spin them around. All this is side saddle. I have enough trouble myself doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thing. And I remember my sister, my sister Martha, uh, one of the uh, highlights as growing up as a little boy, uh, they would come to visit the ranch and and he would say, Mija, Mija meaning daughter, right. uh, you go get the horse. And uh, she she had a horse by the name of Prince Charming, a golden palomino, beautiful golden palomino. And my father would love to demonstrate to his friends uh, the cala de caballo, which is the try of the horse side saddle with my sister. And my father would walk the area and he would take his scarf off and pitch it to the ground. And he would have my sister go back about 90 meters, bring that horse over and under into a sliding stop. And my sister would lean back. And oh, my. Like, <laughs> I wish I had a video. Oh, uh, my. Have it in my head. But that was one of the ways of my father telling your, you as a friend or friends, look, this is the rienda of a horse. Not by him. Or by myself as a young boy, but my sister sights out, and it was uh, it was a heck of a show uh, for anybody to see. But I have that memory. I haven't seen anybody do that again since in my life in my career. No, no, I've never seen that before. I could only imagine that would that would be that's that's pure talent right there on the horse and on your sister because oh, they have to be in sync. And sink and, and she the legs are locked in, especially the left leg would be locked in under the horn. The other one goes over the top. But uh, to have that horse going in a sliding stop, getting back and picking up the hanky, that was pretty amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, man, and, I love your web. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Get the horse to spin to the left and spin to the right, you know, and then back them up and then bring them to the to, at the very end of the part there and the horse would make a bow like saying thank you and he would do this just just because he could it was just a fun thing or a way of showing friendship to another friend or a family it's beautiful it's art it's art yes it's art man i love your website it's jerry diaz productions i love your website and the tools of the trade part and if we can just real quick i'd like to talk about some of the tools of the trade that's a little bit different maybe from the western world but yet kind of the same, like a halter is what we lead the horses around. Would that be, what would it be called in, in Mexico? So the, depending on the level of the horse, so if it's a young horse, uh, it would be a, a bosalillo. Mm -hmm. Bosalillo means uh, refined or smaller or, or thinner. Uh, that goes under the horse's bridle and bit. Uh, it's bosalillo so that when you get off, you can tie the horse with it, and the horse is not going to be jerked by the mouth. Uh, or a bosal, a little bit bigger, uh, with a cabresto, which is the mecate. We know is that the mecate. And, of course, a lot of the terminology of the American terminology was borrowed from the Mexican charro 
or the vaquero, uh, chaparreras, the chaps, even the word rodeo, rodeo, uh, you know, the riata, the riata. Uh, so, so many things, chaparreras. Uh, there's so many different styles of chaparreras, but uh, it was just part of the everyday use, the chaparreras. Right. Um, today, we uh, go, we think it's the Californian style or the vaquero style, but 90% uh, of that style comes from the Spanish, uh, the, the, the charro, the kind of the working cowboy from, from Mexico. Wow. What, so let's talk about the, I saw this one, I thought it was so cool, the traditional, and, and it's a rosary, but it's made with cactus. Yes, um, a good friend of mine uh, by Miguel Lara that passed away at 106 years old. Oh my goodness, bless him. Uh, whole family, uh, Charro, and he was a good friend of my father's and they would come and visit each other every so often. And uh, he says, I want to give you a gift. And you know, the Mexican families, uh, they, they, they're big believers in, in, in faith. Here's that rosary. Um, this is a riata, which is the real Mexican maguero out of uh, a rope that was probably busted by a running horse. And then the, the beads are made there out of the inside of the maguey, each one of them. This is a very unique rosary and gave it to me about 15 years ago and uh, it just means so much to me oh it's beautiful uh, have it here and in, in your living room here in new Braunfels, texas at your house yeah uh, but i'm glad you brought that up because uh, this is a thing of faith and uh, most of your charros and not all of them you know they're they're big uh, uh believers and and our Lord and the faith, and that's what keeps us going, Scott. You know that. Absolutely. That's a beautiful piece. It's gorgeous, man. Thanks for showing us. That that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And your saddles back there, they're just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Your saddles are so gorgeous back there. I know those are some of your displays, but they're beautiful. It, yes, once again, it's orange. The the Mexican saddle is the, the foundation of it, the tree itself, uh, it's made out of mesquite wood. So there's not like no factory stuff where you take them and they, they run them through there like if they're just building them by the thousands. These are all custom made, handmade, and they're covered by with goat hide. And uh, the, the, the artists, artesanos, the people that make these trees, uh, they're so talented. They have mother of pearl that's inside, inlaid in the trees. Um, we later learned through my father when he traveled with Barnum and Bailey Ringling Brothers, uh, they can break so easy because they're they're real mesquite. Right. So he took them, he would fiberglass them uh, to keep them intact and be stronger. Uh, but some of the silver and gold inlays that uh, these uh, craftsmen have made throughout the years. I have some saddles here at the house that 
that belonged to my father and some my great grandfather. Some of the silver just unbelievably beautiful. Um, so when we were talking about what is the charro, all that has to be that is connected within the families from making the ropes, the bits, the spurs, the saddles, everything. Um, I was honored to see my father make some of his own bits, his chaparreras. I ride in some of the saddles that he made, some of his posales, some of his ropes. Uh, he taught me so much. And as we go along in life, we lose this, this, this craftsmanship for generations to come. Right. Very good to keep alive today. We live in a very fast world. But I try with my heart, sincerely, to keep the tradition going as much as possible as long as I'm alive. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I try and do as well. You know, it's, it's so important, especially what you're doing, just to be out there and let people see the generational gift, but also hopefully bring other people into the industry and, and, and hopefully they get to pass that on to their kids. Absolutely. We, we are uh, a little seed, but we're a seed that is uh, that we live with a lot of faith. We, we work very hard. Um you know, Scott, we could sit here for hours and hours and hours and tell you stories of uh, the difficult times, the good times, uh, when the Lord, we're all blessed in so many ways. Right. Uh, he, he gave me a gift that I was able to travel and spread the word of faith, number one. Number two, the word of the vaquero, the cowboy, the charro, the Western way of life, English and Spanish. Uh, we've had the honor to perform at the Olympics. We've had the honor to perform for seven world leaders in the world. Um, I've been honored to perform in some prestigious rodeos and buildings in the in the country um, with my horses, with the tradition, with the music. And you know, a charro or cowboy doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, charro has to be real, original genuine, sincere, a uh, uh, person with, with honor and, and, and passion. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have fancy. He, he has to, he has to come from the root inside the corazón, the heart. Yeah. Uh, uh, beautiful. Absolutely. Just authentic. And pe people see that. I, I know you go to schools um, and you talk to kids and you get people excited about coming into it or at least hearing the stories. So maybe they can share something. So, you know, Scott, it's interesting. Seeing, um, uh, it's just me. It's just Jerry Diaz. You know, I uh, we work so hard. We, we play hard. We we work hard. We perform. When you're out there in the audience and you see us in the arena and we're performing with our horses and under a spotlight, it, it could be five minutes. It could be three. It could be two. It could be thirty minutes. But then all of a sudden you don't see that person again. What happened to that guy out there with the horses and his wife and his son? Um, so I make it a point to get with the people in the in the town and, and go visit the, some of the schools. And I take video and and to talk about the the charro, the the cowboy way of life and my life in general because it wasn't easy growing up. It was hard, you know. The way we live, we lived in a really small home. Uh, mom and dad, you know, getting up at three, four o'clock in the morning. My mom making the tortillas and, you know, starting the fire. And, you know, we had one little tub, you know, to bathe in, tin roof. And we all slept in this little bed. Uh, but we were so happy. Yeah. And 
and, and we we never lacked any food. My my mom always had beans and potatoes and eggs and and meat and going. And somebody would bring something. But I go back to that, and you call well, what is wealth? You know, what is richness? Well, to me, that is wealth. When right. you're happy, you love. Uh, this pandemic hit us. Uh, here you are performing for thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and all of a sudden it's just shut down and what do you do? Uh, it, it wasn't easy for us as an entertainer, performer. Uh, I was blessed. I just put the word out a little bit and we started bringing me horses to, to train and work. And, uh, all of a sudden I was really busy, Scott. I was <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, you changed your whole business model. I mean, that's a true entrepreneur to be able to go, from, from from a certain area where you're really successful, you flip your model, you're successful again, and then you flip your model back and you're going back out on the road. So that says a lot about you and your business acumen. But just uh, um, once people, I'm sure, heard you were training outside horses or other people's horses, I'm sure you got busy. We got really busy, and uh, my father taught me that honesty is the best policy no matter what you do in life. Um, and I'm sharing this policy and this, this motto with my son, Nicolas. He's also learning the art of training horses, the showmanship about it, the, the art to express the best out of the animal and the best out of you at the same time. Um, so taking the horse is the easy part, then work the horse. And not every horse is going to work the same as the other. They're all different. And some are, some are not so much, uh, but they're all special in their own way. From a mini to a draft horse, uh, my father said there wasn't a horse that couldn't be trained. Uh, the horse can be trained. There's no such thing as not trying to come to an understanding with them. And I guess the probably the most important thing about the horse itself is, is time. Uh, time is the most important. Uh, if you're not, if you don't have the time, it's best to leave them alone. My dad would say, uh, because you're going to waste your time. Right. So the approach of the horse is no different than I guess with kids, children, and family. It, it takes time. Sometimes we we get in that rush and and that, that puts us back. But time is the most precious thing. Uh, absolutely. So, so did you always know you wanted to be a charo when you were a kid, or because you're in the business, your your parents are in the business, you're the fourth. Did you ever say, I really don't want to do that? You know, Scott, it's a great uh, question. I, uh, I always knew I wanted to perform. I always knew that I wanted to entertain. Because as a little boy, my mom, my mom taught me to sing a song called Gavino Barrera. I love to sing and I sing with my mariachi, with my horses and my shows. And she'd sit me on that lap and she'd make me repeat the words. And so as a little boy, my dad would send me out there on a horse by the name of Pegaso, Pegasus. And boy, I'd take my hat off and I was four, five, six years old and I'd get my rope, spin the rope on top of the horse. And then I would take my hat and pass it around I wanted people to awesome. give me the same. And then I'd take the little coins and whatever I made, and I'd put it in a little coffee can, and I'd put it under the steps of my house, and I'd hide them down there. <laughs> so uh, I always had that uh, 
a passion of performing. I love to perform. Uh, and here I am uh, at the age of 60 years old. Uh, and I lived it with my dad and I keep bringing my father up because he was my, my hero and he always will be. That now I'm living this with my son, Nicolas, uh, that we spend many hours together working. So he sometimes still gets a little bit uh, bullheaded, but it, I was the same way. And to go out in the arena to perform with my wife and to perform with my son, it brings me back the time when I was doing it as a little boy with my father. Uh, so I want to keep that going. And as long as the Lord blesses me with health and prosperity and I can do it physically, maybe one day it'll happen to him as well. Absolutely. That's beautiful, man. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Jerry Diaz, founder and owner of Jerry Diaz Productions. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Here's your host, Scott Knudsen. It's a, it's a kind of neat dynamic when you're seeing the past, which is still the future, but you're looking in the future and it's a present. To have that experience it is, a, is a beautiful thing. It is. And you know, Scott, we uh, went from doing uh, our specialty acts, like, and we continue. Um, and 36 years ago, I started doing smaller shows of my own with my band. Uh, I started to sing more, and, and, and next thing, next thing I know, uh, we started producing some of the biggest Mexican rodeo extravaganzas in the country, in a kind of a crossover uh, format. Because uh, I said earlier that the Lord had given, they give us all a blessing. And he puts us in this world for a reason. I believe he put 
world to educate, uh, to talk to next generations, maybe kids that like horses and want to maybe be a cowboy or a charro or a vaquero, uh, to inspire the next generation, girls and boys. Right. And uh, to go and present these shows in a bilingual format, uh, very proud of it. Uh, and uh, I'm going to continue to do it as long as I live. And, awesome. and, and I know it's going to give me many years to continue to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's much needed, man. It's much needed. The dynamics of the industry is changing so much. There's so many more women and it coming into the industry. And, and uh, people want to know. People want to learn. So to have someone like you come in and talk to them, it's a, it's a blessing for sure. Absolutely. The, the show, when you include uh, the lady, when the lady, is, uh, if she's a singer or she's a uh, Amazona horse rider, performer, uh, that's the flower. That's the creation of, of, of life. Right. That's exactly right. Exactly. Oh, so horses. So when you're doing your performance, I was watching some of your shows and some of the pictures. I see different breeds of horses. Is there one you're particular to, or do you raise your own for specifically um, for the uh, performance? Well, we raise some of our own horses, Scott. Uh, that's a long-term program. Um, we raise quarter horses uh, in our lifetime. Uh, when my dad traveled with uh, Barnum and Bailey Ringling Brothers in 1954-1955, he rode uh, beautiful black stallions, something like what you have uh, nice. raised all your life, bred nice. all your life. Uh, his name was Diamante Negro, Black Diamond. He had a white diamond right here. He worked wow. center ring for the stallion, and he also rode a golden palomino named uh, uh, Cometa. And Cometa is Comet, you know, like all star coming in. And, and, and uh, this, these two stallions, they would work side by side. Uh, my father would come in on his black horse into a slide and stop. Think about it. Three performances a day for 30 days and then go to the next town and the next town and the next town. They traveled by train. It was the time where they would have to pick up the tarp with the elephants. There was no Coliseums. They would put it up for my father coming from Mexico and he put him on the train with his two stallions. He says, he went to Cincinnati, Ohio and it was like three feet of snow. He says, ain't gonna be no circus here. <laughs> day the tarp was up and the show was on. Um, oh, wow. 1,500 people in the cast. Uh, he says, what a life, uh, Barnum and Bailey, uh, what a life. and. He toured with some other chattels that were professional, selected chattels from Mexico. Uh, but part was he'd come in, spin his horse around one way or the other, back him up, side pass him, start roping. They would send the golden palomino from the outside. He'd come into the inside, circle the black horse, come, cross him over. My dad would step over onto the palomino, send the black horse out, and continue doing his roping routine can you imagine every oh. day two three times a day oh my uh, well i can maybe do it over here in my corrals but i've never been able to do it that day for the space no. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a talent of horseman so incredible so so uh so when you're spinning the rope i get the terminology wrong but when you're spinning the rope you're standing on the horse you're jumping the rope 
how wide of a circle is that rope that's going around the horse and how much does that weigh? Well, these are all great questions. Number one, the first thing is the rope. Uh, it's a riata. Uh, it's out of, uh, made out of maguey, okay. fibers of the maguey plant. The maguey rope, the riata, is one of the most difficult ropes to maneuver in the world. Um, when it gets very hot, they get very soft. Uh, when it gets very cold and you have them in a different uh, uh, temperature, they get soft. Uh, the maguey rope is, it's kind of has almost like a brain of its own. Very, very difficult, very tough on the hands. They only take so many kinks, nothing like the poly or uh, the cotton rope. You can, you can kink that rope a lot and you can, it'll take the pressure. The maguey rope will not. Maguey rope eventually will shut down. Uh, it can only take so many twists one way or the other. Everything is sent into your left side, your left coils here. Shorter rope, it's easy to handle because you can spin it with your left hand and send the, the, the kinks out. But when you have the coils in your left hand and you're maneuvering the rope with your right hand, you have to be constantly be changing the twist of the rope from a small loop to a large loop. The loop that I use of the horse when I galloping it can be anything from 60 feet 50 feet depending on what kind of an act that i'm going to do with the horse if it's a roping routine then i'm going to do a, a continuous routine from a small loop standing up going to flat loops and then going into the canasta uh, it has to be a little bit smaller rope like maybe 55 foot something like that 60 foot but um Probably the biggest loop that I've been able to do with the horse is a little bit over 70 feet, you know, feet through there, uh, uh, very difficult to do. Uh, but your standard is going to be a 55, 60 foot rope is pretty standard. Maguey rope, is it heavy? Depending on the maybe five eighths, uh, it's a four strand, it's highly twisted. You have to put them where it's warm. When they get to the, but it feels good to you, then you put them in a plastic bag and you keep them where they get no air and then ready to perform. Uh, I have to say that keeping my ropes ready to perform every time, every performance, it's no different than keeping my horse ready because that rope, if I let it get too soft, is no good or too stiff, is no good. We go in these arenas and they're very damp. So it brings moisture to the maguey and they get very stiff. The eye of the rope, um, Scott, is braided back, uh, maybe a three and a half inch eye. And then it has a leather piece rough out to help you keeping the rope from sliding really fast. Right. Okay. If we're doing rope catches, something like that, you want it to slide a little bit. If you're doing the rope maneuvers, you want it to hold back a little bit, yes. But it's an art. The Mexican maguey rope is, is a very special a tool of the trade of the Mexican chuck. Wow. And it's got to be so heavy when you're swinging it out. Your loop is 60 feet. It's got to be a heavy on you and the balance part of it. Uh, your shoulder, your rotating cuff. Uh, here I am, 60 years old. Uh, when I was a little boy, I didn't didn't understand why my father would cover my shoulder with uh, just a little windbreaker of some sort. And I said, Dad, what are you doing that? He said, well, one of these days when you get old, you'll understand. Um, uh, to rope continuously 
you know, six minutes, eight minutes with the maguey rope is a long time. So your shoulder has to be in, in pretty good shape. Um, it takes a lot of breathing. You got to have a lot of uh, wind inside of you. And, and not only that, but to be able to maneuver your rope with your horse and as a partner uh, is, is difficult enough as, as it is. And then, of course, the pressure of the audience and the lights and the sound and all those mechanisms come together into one. So it is very special. Oh, man, that's awesome. So, so, so traveling. So I see you're going to be in South Texas and then you're going up to Canada. So you go all over. So it's not like you can just pack a suitcase and jump in the car and go. You have a you know, production you're bringing. So, yeah, so how do you prepare the preparation is uh, not only uh, mental for the horses as well. Uh, the younger horses, as you well know, as a horseman yourself and a trainer and competitor and rider, um, is preparing the horse mentally and yourself. We have a rig. Uh, it's a it's a big rig. We haul eight horses uh, in this rig. It is air ride uh, with a big big truck and. Um, Stopping and laying over uh, for the horses to rest is very important as well as it is for you. Uh, I don't like to send my horses off, not unless this is completely necessary. Um, I like to be with my horses. Uh, I sleep with my horses many times. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, I've done it for years. I will continue to do it as much as I can if I have to. Uh, a year and a half ago before the pandemic, we took uh, two of our younger horses with us. The older horses would lay in the stall and go to sleep. The younger horses were looking out and pacing, and they're there when you need them, when you get on them, once you cinch them. The horse understands the school, but it's preparing them mentally uh, because of the pressure. You, you have to work toward that pressure, and, and every arena, every situation is, is, is different. Um, the livestock just being around you, mares and gildings and bulls and broncs and everything going in and out versus a stage uh, job. Stage job uh, can be just as uh, uh, mind-wrecking because of the, the footing. You're going to have to maybe go through uh, some slip, slippery floors. Uh, you have to go on stage. You have to take the horses up the ramp, up the elevators, uh, carpet hotels, downtown, traffic. Uh, it, it takes a lot of preparation mentally and physically. Probably one of the most difficult things that I can tell you for a horse is the travel. Travel can get fun, uh, of course, as you well know, and people that don't know, the, the horse, uh, when he quits drinking water, gets tough. When they quit eating, it's very tough. And you have to stay on top of it. And it's a worry for you because they're, they're, they're are your, your partner. Right. And without, not going to do no show. No, no, absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Jerry Diaz, founder and owner of Jerry Diaz Productions. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard on KCAA, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. 
Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to cowboyentrepreneur.shop. That's cowboyentrepreneur.shop. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to cowboyentrepreneur.shop to order your coffee today. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Here's your host, Scott Knutson. So what's your favorite story from the road? Do you have one in particular? I know you have a lot, but one, maybe something kind of fun. Well, you know, speaking of faith and hard work, uh, I was on my way to Rapid City, uh, rodeo up there in Rapid City, and we were going through a pretty cold uh, night, and we broke down, and it was about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. We were in the middle of nowhere, and uh, we were on this small road. We, we just, our truck shut down, and we had five head of horses with us in a, in a trailer there, and uh, no cell phones like we have today and everything. So my friend, his name was Gilbert Dominguez. He passed away with one of the dress, one of the very good horseshoe a friend of mine. Uh, his son comes and helps me with my horse today. But there was a light that I could see real far away. And I told Gilbert, I said, you stay here and I'm going to walk. And I walked until I got to this, this farm, this house. And I knocked on the door. You imagine at that time in the morning and and the lady answers and says, what can I do for you, young man? I said, well, we broke down here a mile or two, a mile and a half down the road. She said, come on in and let me let me get you something warm. And her husband was there. He said, get this man a cup of coffee. Uh, give him a towel. Uh, let him take a shower. Let's see what we can do. He took his truck, hooked up the trailer, brought it to his house. Took my truck into the shop, and I'm thinking, how am I going to pay for all this? You know? And uh, two days later, my truck was ready, ready to go. And I told him, man, what do I owe you for all this? He says, you don't owe me a dime. He says, I own the shop. Bearford's mine. This is my ranch. He says, just do me one favor, son. You go out there, and you just break a leg, do the best you can. And if you ever see me on the side of the road, don't forget to give me a hand. Oh. How special is that? That is that's always stuck in my heart because it just shows that there are angels out there, and he was yes. one of them. His lovely wife. Isn't that great? And his story lives on. His story lives sure. on. I said his story yeah. lives on. And I guess, Scott, I guess I could write a book and uh, and sit around a campfire and share beautiful stories with you and yeah. my life. And, uh, but today. And at this time, with everything that's going on, uh, 
the most satisfying thing for me is to perform with my wife. Yes. My wife's she's a performer in her own way. She's a great trick rider, a Roman rider. Uh, but when Stacy's out there in the arena, you can't help but see her face, her smile, and how much she's enjoying her show. Uh, and it also comes from the bottom of her heart. And then, of course, when we're all three in the arena, that's probably the most satisfying for me. Absolutely. Special family, special family. Well, uh, so one more question. I know we're getting close to wrapping up here, but you're going to have a tribute at your ranch uh, coming up pretty soon. As an yes, annual sir. tribute. Yes, sir. It's, this is our 10th annual celebration and tribute of my father, Don Pepe Diaz and my mama Rosa. Um, I was very blessed that I was able to build this arena for my father and my mother. And they were with me for those first four years. And um, this will be our 10th year. It'll be July 24th here in New Braunfels, Texas. We're going to have a traditional Chaviada, Mexican Chaviada, like if you went south of the border, in honor of my father, we will open up with a prayer. There'll be a live uh, mariachi, mariachi los calleros. We're going to go through all the events just like you'd be in old Mexico. And uh, we're just excited that that's going to happen. Uh, it's open to the public. Uh, it is a family show. Uh, I want it to be like that as long as I live continue the tradition. We'll have this caramusa, girls ride side saddle, bull riding, bareback riding, some beautiful roping. We're going to have some great chavos. The Oropesa family from uh, Zacatecas are going to be joining me. These guys are fantastic. So if you have an opportunity, you're in the area, New Braunfels, Texas, July 24th, come out and join the Diaz family at the Diaz Ranch. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to put that up on our after the show. We'll put it up. We're going to share that on our social media. They can also go to Jerry Diaz Productions and find out more information. Hey, Scott, you better make it. You better come out. I'm doing it, man. I put it on my calendar. I really want to come over there for sure. We're so close. I mean, it makes sense. We have a ball. Absolutely. I want to share just uh, one more thing, uh, Scott. And um, when you get me like this, uh, you talk to me like this. I wish we were doing it here with my horses. I do too. Really just, it's not that way right now, but it will happen one day. Um, I guess for the young person, the young man, the young lady, uh, no matter what you want to do in life, uh, there's one thing that's very important is um, you got to have faith in what you do. And in the Lord, and you have to do it with a passion. Yeah. You gotta do it with passion. And when you do those those things together, it, it, nothing's the impossible. That's exactly right. That's beautiful, man. I, I appreciate you so much being on the show and I adore your family. And thanks so much. And uh, I can't wait to get this out for everybody to see the show just so they can meet you, the ones that haven't seen you. And I know most have, but um, I, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Scott. A uh, big hug to you and your family and to you all too. the viewers here from the bottom of my heart. Have a great, have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Bye, Jack. Yes, sir. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. For more information about today's guest, Jerry Diaz, please visit his website, charojerrydiaz.com.
If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Mm-hmm.